You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. As we enter a new year, let us prepare our hearts and spirits to start and finish strong in 2014. Be inspired and encouraged in this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. Happy New Year! Can you greet the person once again beside you? Happy New Year! Check their fingers if they're still complete after all the festivities. All right, we are so glad that you are here with us celebrating this first uh, service or this first weekend. And I believe that God has great things in store for us. How many of you believe that 2014 will be a great year for us? Yeah. Amen. Come on now. Go to the person beside you and tell that person, do you believe that? I hope you do. And uh, we are expecting something great. Uh, how many of you still write, you know, like New Year's resolutions? Do you still do that? There are a lot of people who uh, still write, but there are a lot of also who don't write anymore because they got tired of doing that. Expect all the gyms to be full the first two weeks. And uh, if you want to go to the gym, wait till February. It will be all over, okay? And so uh, there's going to be more space. And I believe that those people who wanted to lose the weight uh, from all the food that they ate last uh, holiday uh, will be uh, done with their dieting. Okay. Um, there are so many things that we can anticipate. In fact, even the world, uh, they're looking at this new year as something that's, uh, I don't know, special. But my question is, what are you anticipating in 2014? You know, as we start this new year, I believe that we need to really just uh, going back to that word uh, by Francis, I believe that that is uh, what we need to do. Okay? In the beginning, God, we need to focus back on God. But is that really what the world uh, is expecting? Okay, in 2014, okay? um, you know, in, in, in this year, uh, the Chinese uh, calendars, that they're going to celebrate in the Chinese New Year, and they're saying that it's the year of the horse. And uh, according to their zodiac, whatever, uh, that it's going to be like a, a, a speedy year because the horse is like a speedy mode of transportation. They believe that fortune and blessing will come to their way speedily, like Speedy Gonzalez, something like that, okay? Uh, even the Hollywood uh, scene has great anticipations for, for the year. In fact, uh, some of the movies that will be coming out this year, uh, there's going to be like Transformers, uh, another uh, you know, episode of Transformers, the, the X-Men, another, I don't know how many X-Men there is. I think they're going to go until 10X or whatever. Uh, there's a new, um, a new, uh, a new uh, superhero movie, The Guardians of the Galaxy from Marvel, coming out uh, this year. So many things are coming out uh, in 2014, great anticipation. In fact, even sequels of movies in the past, like RoboCop. How many of you are familiar with RoboCop? How many of you remember RoboCop back in the 80s? All you 80s babies, okay? Uh, I remember that uh, RoboCop, one of my favorite action movies then, and they said it improved that. Uh, there's another 300 that's coming out. Uh, everybody say, Ahu. Ahu! This will be the year of six-pack abs again, and uh, hopefully that will bring you inspiration uh, as you uh, uh, work out. Uh, there's another Captain America, another Spider-Man coming out. But one of the things that Hollywood is doing, in fact, last year was a big year for the Bible. I'm not really sure if you're familiar 
with one of the mini-series that came out in the United States. In fact, it was so successful that the producers, Mark Burnett and his wife, they're Christians, and they're the producers of The Survivor and The Amazing Race. They produced this uh, mini-series. It was uh, shown on TV, not in the big screen, but on TV for six straight weeks. And there were about 11 million viewers watching the Bible from a story from Genesis up to the resurrection of Christ. And the, and the pinnacle was during the Easter Sunday. And that was a big success. How many of you watched that mini-series? Are you familiar with that? Some of you are looking at me, oh, what's that? Okay. Well, you can buy the DVD or you can download. No, no, not download. Okay. Uh, uh, buy. Okay. You can buy uh, the legal way, okay, the DVD uh, of the Bible. It's really a great film. And let me tell you, I, you know, we, we've seen the, the, the high definition. It's, it's really nice. Okay, so it's worth having a copy. And so when Hollywood saw that, they said, why don't they jump on the bandwagon? And how many of you agree that the Bible is the greatest story ever told? Yes. And there's just a lot of, you know, uh, great stories there. And so by this year, uh, Christian Bale will come out as Moses in the movie The Exodus. Okay. And another movie from the Bible, I think this coming February, will be Noah, uh, starring Russell Crowe. It's about, of course, we're familiar with the flood, right? I mean, if you're familiar with the flood. Not of Ondoy, okay, but of, uh, <laughs> of Noah, of the great flood that wiped out the earth in the book of Genesis. And they said that I think even Will Smith is interested in directing a film entitled Cain and Abel. Uh, there's another movie coming out uh, entitled Mary, the Mother of Christ, and so on and so forth. And so even Hollywood is now looking at the Bible, and I hope that they will be faithful to the story. You know how Hollywood does their films, right? They add a lot of things. But, you know, uh, I believe that there's so, much, so many opportunities for the gospel to be preached uh, there. Uh, in the area of technology, some anticipations for the year 2014, we'll see, they're saying that, there's going to be a different screen now for Samsung. It's an uh, OLED a foldable screen. You can actually put it in your pocket and not worry about breaking the, the screen. Of course, if there's Samsung, there's Apple. I don't know if there's going to be like a, uh, this is a prototype. This is not really the real thing. But so many anticipations and so many forecasts. In fact, there's a French uh, global research company who went to 23 different nations and who did some survey, and I don't know how many respondents or thousands of respondents uh, they gathered. And according to their uh, research, this respondent said that a strong majority, 76%, indicate that they are optimistic that 2014 will be a better year for them than 2013, up three points from last year. And how many of you, just personally, Knowing that God is ahead of us, believe that 2014 will be a great year for us. Amen. Amen. Praise God. It's going to be a big start. The question is, how do we start this year? And as we go back and as we focus ourselves, once again, we're asking the Lord, Lord, help us. Help us to jumpstart our year with you. Don't just allow us to just go on our own way. Yeah, many people are buying planners. How many of you bought your planners already? I mean, if you drank all the coffee in Starbucks to get that planner, okay, you drowned in coffee already, and you still did not finish the planner, so you decided to go to National Bookstore and buy yourself a planner. 
And so, you know, people are, you know, buying their planners, writing on their planners, uh, looking for things that can direct them. In fact, speaking of uh, things, you know, we're, we've, you know, just over the holidays, me and my wife and, uh, and our children, we're just, uh, we just took it easy. We uh, decided to stay home uh, over New Year's Eve. And, you know, we, we've, what we've done in the past is because when the, when the children were young, when they were babies, there used to be like so, many, so much smoke in Metro Manila. Do you remember those days? After the explosion, after the New Year celebration, it's like the, you know, Metro Manila is like a city of smog. You can't see anything. And so we always go to the hotels. But for this year, we made a decision. We're going to stay home and we're going we're gonna to enjoy. And it was really just a time of rest for us. Uh, during that time also, we decided on just meeting up and, uh, you know, me and my wife were talking, uh, you know, some faith goals for the year. And I, how many of you normally write your faith goals uh, for the year? You can do that. It's not too late. Um, you can actually go and write. If you have your, uh, your fasting manuals in the back, there are like spaces available that you can write your faith goals there. And so we normally do that. But, you know, we decided this year we're going to make it simple. That instead of writing, you know, how many things there, you know, some people write 10 or 20 things or 100 things there. It's just so cumbersome. We decided we're going to just ask the Lord for one word, which is a theme for the year. And so the word that I got was, you know, very original. It's the word fight. I got from the, from the fasting manual, which is really fighting, you know, fighting for my time with God, fighting for, for my devotion, fighting for my family, fighting for the time with my wife, have a weekly date with my wife, parang gano, no? uh, fighting for, you know, my, the influence from my kids and so on and so forth, okay? Fighting against fat in Jesus' name. Uh, fighting, you know, it's fight, not you know, how many of you know we have an enemy out there? Now, Christianity is a war and there is a fight. And we're going to talk about that next week. It's a new series that we're going to be looking as well. It's the word fight. But, you know, when my, my daughters found out about this, you know, one of my daughters, actually my eight-year-old Anna, said, you know what my word is, Dad? My word is joy. I want to be happy all the time. I want to just have joy. I want to make people laugh. I want to make, you know, and so that's her theme for the year. The joy, the joy of the Lord is her strength. And so we were asking our youngest daughter, what's your theme for the year? And she was just dazed. And she doesn't know what to say. And so one of them said, uh, maybe it's eat. No, not eat. Okay, don't eat. Uh, that's not your theme for the year. But you know, when I was asking my wife, what's her theme? It's bless. Not just to be blessed, but to be a blessing to others. And so, you know, ask the Lord, well, you know, what's your one word? One thing that you feel like God's speaking to you this year. How do we start this year? Will 2014 be a great year? And I believe, I believe it, it will be a great year. And I want to invite everyone to stand with me. We're going to be looking at a scripture in the Bible, which is one of the reminders of uh, one of the Old Testament leaders, as they were about to possess a new land. We're talking about a new year as we start this new year. And this particular group of people are going to start a new life, a new land, a new year in a brand new land. And I'm talking about Moses and the Israelites from the book of Deuteronomy. So um, if you have your Bibles or your electronic Bibles, open to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 5. And since this is a rather short verse, I want to invite you to read along with me and assist me as I read with my 
coarse voice. I woke up this morning with this, uh, this uh, bedroom voice, okay? So uh, help me out here, okay? Ready? One, two, three. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. That is from the ESV version. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we are so grateful for the past year, the year that ended and this new year that we're starting. Father, we are hopeful, we are expectant, we are highly anticipating a mighty move from you this year. And we dare not start this year without you. You are the focal point of our life. We thank you, Lord God, as we begin this year, it's all about you. It's not about us. It's not about our plans. It's not about our goals. But it's about your agenda, God. And I pray, God, that you would speak to your people tonight. Encourage us. Give us faith and hope this year, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. You may all be seated. So this is actually a very simple word that I want to share tonight. And later on, we're going to be having an application. Of course, you know that tomorrow we're going to be doing a, you know, starting our regular yearly or annual prayer and fasting. It's a five-day fast. I'm going to explain that uh, later on. But going back to this context of uh, Deuteronomy, basically it was, you know, if you talk about Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy means second law. And it was a reminder of Moses of the covenant of God to the Israelites as they were about to cross the River Jordan into the Promised Land. Now remember that the Israelites were slaves. For hundreds of years, they became slaves. And for the first time, they're going to experience freedom. For the first time, they're going to start owning their own land. For the first time, they're going to probably start having their own homes. They're going to cook their own meals. Before they were you know, depending on their masters for a hand-me-down meal, all the scrap meal after dinner, and that's the meal that they'll probably take. But this time, they're free. And how many of you know that that is what God wants for us to have? Freedom. Everybody say freedom. In fact, going back to the Bible, if you look at the first command in the Bible, it was not, do not. It was, you are free. The, the, you know, the command of God to Adam was that, do not eat the fruit. But the first command of God to Adam was, you are free to eat any fruit in the garden, but this fruit, do not eat. So, the very first thing that God wants for His people to have is freedom. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, you are free to smile. Okay. You're free to smile. So for the first time, they're free to worship God. They're free to go on their own. They're free to fix their own schedule. It used to be that because they were slaves, somebody was fixing their schedule for them. Somebody was dictating you know, what they should be doing the next day. Somebody was giving them a quota for their, you know, how many bricks that they are to produce. But for the first time, they are experiencing freedom. It's a freedom to laugh, a freedom to celebrate, a freedom to worship God, a freedom to own their own things, a freedom to own their own land. Basically, it's a freedom of God for His blessings to come to them. And how many of you know, whenever there's freedom, there's liberty and there's the blessings of God? 
And we, we want that. As we start this year, I believe that God wants to break all the bondages of the past year and God wants us to have our freedom. First of all, how? To love God. God wants us to love Him more this year. Ever say, love God. Love. Now, how many of you love God? Can you please raise your hand? Great, okay? Uh, not just some of you, but I think all of us, right? All of us love God. But how do we express our love? For God. Maybe some of you are saying, you know, Pastor, you know, I love God because I come to the service regularly. I come to the 7 o'clock and sometimes if I have the time, I come to the 9, the 11, the 1, the 3, the 5, and the, you know, I, I love God. You know, I'm here all the time. I want to sleep here. In fact, after the service, you know, I love God. But is that the way how to express our love for God? Is it about just giving tithes and offerings? Is it about just uh, you know, joining the fast. Is it, is it about just joining your, your small group for this year? Because last year, you joined your small group only once. In the 52 weeks, only once. During the Christmas party. That's the only time you attended. But this year, Lord, I'm going to show my love for you and for my victory group leader by attending twice, not once anymore. Okay? No, just, you know, kidding. Uh, you know, by attending regularly. But is that enough? Is loving God expressed by doing things for Him? It's not. Because loving God is not about us doing things for God. Although that is important. It is important that we serve in church. Okay, I don't want the music team to resign. <laughs> and all the ushers to say, I don't want to serve anyone. No, it's important. But it's not just the thing that we do to express our love for Him. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6, our righteous acts are like what? Filthy rags. You know what filthy rags are? Basahan. Basahan. Okay? You know, it's, it's rags. It's, it's what you use to clean up your whatever, your car, your kitchen, your bathroom. Our righteous acts. Can you imagine? The righteous acts that you offer before the Lord, doing good to the poor, you know, giving a relief uh, effort to talk. Oh, by the way, we want to thank you guys for being such a generous church. You know, from this church... Uh, last uh, Christmas Eve service, we actually received a total of more than 700,000 in offerings from this church alone that we'll be giving to Tacloba. How many of you know that that's amazing? Can we give the Lord a hand for that? Thank you so much for your generosity. And not one peso will stay in this church, by the way. We're, gonna giving, we're giving the entire amount. That's just three services, last December 24, and we're giving it the whole amount, okay, for the relief effort. So, the, going back, but... That's important, but that's not the only way because many times we think about, okay, in order for me to love God, I need to do things for God. And we always think about Exodus 20, which is the Ten Commandments, right? When we, th- we think about loving God, okay, do not steal, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not lie, do not covet, do not covet. You know, you know, it's a lot of do nots. And many times you think about loving God, it's about do nots. That's why Moses, in his sermon in Deuteronomy, he was reminding them, okay guys, let's make it simple, let's break it down. Let's not talk about rules here. Loving God is not about rules. It's about having a relationship with God. That's it. And if this year will be a great year, for us, it's all about us expressing our love for God by having a real, living, vibrant, nurtured 
relationship with Him. Amen. That's how we, how we love God. We express our love for Him, not by observing rules. You know, we're turning 24 years, me and my wife, uh, this year. Uh, we've been married for the past 24 years. Thank you, Lord. Uh, February 24, we're going to be 24 years. And I remember the time when I expressed my love for, for her when we got married. I made my vow before God and before my wife that I will love her and cherish her and take care of her and provide for her and protect her till death do us part. But we did not have this agreement. You know, Shirley did not come to me and tell me, you know, if you really love me, you're going to be faithful to me. You're going to not look at any woman in your life. If, or else I'll kill you. Uh, you're, you know, you're not going to cheat. You're not going to do adultery. She did not come and gave me a list of do's and don'ts. It was based on our relationship and based on love that after two decades of relating with each other, I still love her. And I can honestly say that I love her more today than yesterday. And maybe some of you are thinking, si pastor, laging pinag-uusapan ng kasal. I believe that God gave us marriage as a picture of our relationship with God. In fact, even Paul used that analogy in Ephesians chapter 5, as Christ loved the church, so do husbands need to love their wives. And there's a direct correlation. That's why many times I understand that this concept of loving God with my relationship with loving my wife, I'm not loving my wife because she told me to love her. I'm not doing that. I'm not loving her because of fear. Hello? Hello? I'm not loving her or she's not loving me back because I told her, you must love me or else you're not going to eat anything tonight. <laughs> no, it's not based on fear. It's based on our relationship. Who are we following? John chapter 10, verse 27, the Bible says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they what? They follow me. My question tonight here is, who do we follow? How many of you have a Twitter account? Who do you follow? Lady Gaga? Justin Bieber? Who? Who do you follow? Of course, you know, we, we have this social media. But in reality, in our life, do we follow God? He is our shepherd. He is the one who directs us. He's the one who leads us and guides us. We know this. The question is, are we listening? Are we opening up our, hear, our ears to His voice? It's about our relationship. In Mark chapter 117, it says, Come, follow me. It's not, you know, Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, he did not say, okay, follow me. Okay, but step one, do this. Step two, step three. And after three years, step 1,939, you know. It's not about any steps. It's a freedom to decide. God gave us a freedom to decide that we are to love God. And however we express our love for him, guess what? It's based on the greatest commandment in the Bible. How do we start this great year? I believe we can start this great year by obeying the greatest commandment. And what is that? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength or might. 
It's loving God. Jesus said, or Jesus answered in John chapter 14, verse 6, He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. You know, I came to give you life and life more abundant. It's not a system. It's not joining a religion. It's not joining a church. Are we here this evening? It's not joining Victory Christian Fellowship. It's a joining Victory Alabang. Joining Victory Alabang doesn't get you to heaven. Using your commemorative card doesn't qualify you to heaven. It qualifies you to a discount now in Yellow Cab, by the way. Yeah? Don't, rem- don't forget that. Yellow Cab starting January, the whole year. Okay? All Yellow Cabs in Alabang. But this, it does not qualify us to go to heaven. Only Jesus having a relationship, loving Him. But how do we love God more? Again, it's very simple. I'm glad you asked. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, it says what? No. Everybody say no. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping His covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who what? Love Him and keep His commandments. So in other words, if we're going to join these two statements, this is found in Deuteronomy, that as we start this year, which let's start this year with God. And I believe that as we start this year, we're to love God. And how do we love God more? By knowing Him Closely or closer. Love God, know God. The more you love God, the more you know Him. In fact, the more you know God, the more you love Him back. You know, going back to my story, you know, as, as I've been married with Shirley for 24 years, the past 24 years just happened quickly. You know, after four children, and we now have a daughter who's working, uh, she's turning 22 this year, I mean this month, and it just dawned on me, we got married at the age of 22. I said, God, no, not yet. You know, after, you know, of course, we have a daughter at 22, and we have, uh, you know, a son who's now with the Lord, and then a, an eight and a seven-year-old. We've gone through a lot. We've gone through a lot of celebrations in our family, a lot of happiness, joy times, and some sad moments as well. And, you know, as, we walk, as I walk with Shirley, you know, there are just new things that I discover in her every day. And the more I know her, you know, I realize that, you know, there are, you know, attitudes and traits. Of course, we're not perfect. And I'm not perfect. There are, you know, there are attitudes and traits that we need, to, we need to change. But yet, the more I know her, the more I realize that she is a special lady that God has given me. And, you know, to tell you the truth, we don't have perfect marriages in the church. You know, your pastors are not perfect. How many of you believe that? I think you, yeah, you're agreeing with me, okay? <laughs> We're not perfect. We're also in this thing together like you. We're experiencing the same thing. Sometimes we go through some passionate discussions. And, you know, I know that she's, you know, she's going probably now in her age. You know, she's not old. Okay, by the way, Shirley's not old. She's just well along. No, no, no. She's... 
in fact, uh, we had a uh, we had a uh, reunion last uh, December 30. You know, with the Tan Clan. You know, we, we call it the Tan Clan because they're really a clan. When we have a reunion with the Marquez, it's a Marquez family because we're just three siblings. For them, there are 11 siblings. She's the youngest, and I don't know how many nephews and nieces I have, and grandch- uh, great grandchildren, whatever. Okay, and so um, you know, one of her nieces just was looking at her last December 30, and she asked, Tita Shirley, why don't you age? And she said, she didn't, she didn't say anything. And I was the one who said, because I take care of her. <laughs> I don't know if that's positive or not. But. And so, you know, the more, we, the more I know her, the more I love her. And I believe that that is how we express our love with God. In fact, the more I know my children, the more I consider, wow, grabe, you know, this is such an amazing daughter that God, you have allowed me to, to take care of and love and know. Um, and I'm going to share you later on. You know, of course, how do we love God? How do we express our, our knowledge of Him? Uh, first is through the Word. How many of you own a Bible? Can you please raise your hand? How many of you own a Bible? Great. How many of you read the Bible that you own? That's another question. Yeah, okay. You know, I want you to take this opportunity as we start this year to start reading the Bible. In fact, if you want to read the Bible through in one year from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, or if you're going to go to the book of Maps, if you want to take a look at the Maps, you can start by reading 15 to 20 minutes a day, about four chapters every day. And guess what? You've read the Bible through in one year. It all takes a bit of discipline. And I believe that if we can, how many of you think you can actually devote 15 to 20 minutes of your time reading the Word of God? Reading the Bible before you open Facebook. Reading the Bible before you tweet, Good morning world. Reading the Bible before you open the cable TV or maybe look at the bad news on your, you know, on your newspaper. Read, read the Bible, in, fa- in fact, to know God. The Bible is the Word of God. And the, and the Bible says, man does, not live on, uh, the word, uh, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Second is prayer. Everybody say prayer. Prayer, prayer is more than asking God for petition. Prayer is really speaking to God, sitting down with Him, quieting yourself, and listening to God's voice. You know, during my, uh, my birthday uh, last, uh, last week, my, my daughter uh, said, Daddy, I'm going to pray for you. And you know, this is uh, my, my eight-year-old Anna. As, she was, uh, as I was putting them to sleep, she said, Daddy, since it's your birthday, I'm going to pray for you. So she prayed this. Very simple prayer. She said, Lord, I pray that you would give daddy eternal life, that he will not die here on earth. (laughs) And Lord, I pray that he will get to see my children's children. I said, you're only eight years old. (laughs) What are you talking about children's children more? You know, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. I say, where did you get that? <laughs> but it's interesting to know that even young babes know how to communicate with their father. 
you know, as simple as they are, with their simple faith, with their simple minds, they want to express, Lord, thank you for my dad. Thank you for our life. Thank you for this family. And as we start this year, let's begin this discipline. Let's start this discipline. Lord, thank you so much for this great life. Discipleship is also another key here. Walking with another person, walking with people who can stand with you and pray with you and help you to grow in the Lord. But I really want to focus on this. How do we love God? How do we know Him more in this year 2014? And it's this word, fasting. Everybody say fasting. Say it fast. Fasting. Yeah. Fasting. To fast is actually, of course, it takes discipline, but it's not a duty. We're not fasting because God, you know, wants to bless us if we fast. How many of you know that even without fasting, God will answer your prayer? That's how good our God is. But the reason why we fast is because we want to focus on God. And we want to hear the voice of God. And instead of us asking for all the things, Lord, give me my new car, give me a new house, give me a promotion, give me a wife, bless me, bless me, bless me. It's all about me. You know, every time, we, it's all about us. It's focused on us. Have you noticed our prayers? Every time, we, in fact, in our fasting manual, you probably wrote on some things there about the things that you want. And I hope that First and foremost, we'll put in the spiritual breakthroughs. We'll say, God, I want to know you more. I want to hear your voice. I want to know your plans and your purpose for my life. Because as you bless me, I become a blessing to other people as well. And so on and so forth. So fasting helps us focus on God and quiet our stomach. How many of you think it's time for us to quiet our stomach already? (laughs) Enough is enough. And in fact, if you look at the Greek word of fasting, it's nesteo, which means to abstain from food. Okay, so when you talk about fasting, yeah, I, I, I honor those who fast by you know, not playing video games or not holding your iPad for an hour or, you know, or not texting for a minute or, you know... But in reality, the biblical fast is really abstaining from food. It also comes from the Hebrew word tzum. Everybody say tzum. Tzum, which means to cover your mouth. Everybody, everybody cover your mouth. How can you eat if your mouth is covered? That's the literal meaning of fasting in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew. So, so when we talk about fasting, fasting, yes, it's depriving ourselves of food. Now, some of you, your stomach is growling already as you talk about fasting. But in reality, we're fasting, we're quieting ourselves so that we're opening our spiritual ears to hear the voice of God. It's really about God. It's focusing on God. It's, you know, more than, more than a duty, it's really a delight. You know, how many wives do we have in this place? You know, please raise your hand. How many wives do we have in this place? Remember during the time when you got married... You know, I don't know how many years ago was that. But when you got married, remember when you were fitting your wedding gown? Remember that? It takes a while for them to fit the gown, right? There's a time of measurement, of course. And you make sure that you will fit on the day itself. And what do you do to keep off the weight? Sometimes you don't eat. 
Sometimes instead of eating five times a day, you only eat like two. Diba? So that, you know, you're, you're fasting not because it's a duty, but it's a delight because you're excited for that big day. Fasting is kind of like that. When we're fasting for the Lord, it's not because God will punish us if we don't fast. But God will actually be clear to us. We don't change the mind of God when we fast, by the way. In fact, it is us who are changed by this discipline. Let me just prepare to close. Isaiah chapter 58 says, uh, verse 6, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To lose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. And how many of you know that when it's fasting, God breaks addictions in our life? That's what real fasting is all about. God wants to set us free from sickness. Amen. God wants to set you free from poverty. God wants to set you free from you know, every form of addiction. Maybe it's an addiction to video games. It's an addiction to alcohol. It's an addiction to pornography. It's an addiction to maybe uh, bitterness. You know, whatever it is. If it's an addiction, it replaces God in our life. And God wants to break the yoke of that in our, in our lives. And how do we fast? Maybe some of you have received your manual. How many of you have your manuals? Again, please raise your hand. At the back portion of that manual, just to, for you tonight to prepare, as we prepare for fasting, there's just a basic instruction. I want you to already make clear what kind of fast that you will do for the next, for these five days. Because if you don't check it, if you don't make a decision, chances are you won't do it. If you go for day by day, guess what? You won't fast day by day. In fact, you want to make a decision as early as today, you know, what type of fast you will do. Now, for example, for those of you who are uh, pregnant, please don't fast with us. Okay, you're exempted. Because kawawa naman si baby. Okay? But your husband, let him fast for you. Okay? Because he's, he's, he's okay, right? Now, maybe some of you will choose a one-meal fast or one meal a day. You'll only eat for one meal. So maybe you will forego breakfast or you will forego lunch. And you will just eat dinner. But please, don't eat a buffet dinner just to cover the breakfast, lunch, the merienda, the midnight snack, and the dinner. Because... <laughs> so it doesn't work that way, okay? So just eat a you know, simple meal for dinner time. Or maybe some of us will choose the liquid fast, okay? Now when you do a liquid fast, of course you will, talk, you will take juice, or maybe you will take like a soup... Anything that's liquid. Now, don't liquefy all your food, okay? Don't liquefy all the hamburger, put it in the blender, you know, all the chocolates that you can eat, all the leftover ham or during Christmas. Don't, and then you drink it. You know, it, it doesn't work that way. Or don't go to Starbucks and buy all the Frappuccino you can drink. Or, you know, liquid fast, pastor, go to Serenity and drink all the Pearl, you know. It's not liquid fast. It's still solid food, okay? You know what I'm getting? Okay, so when we're fasting, we're really just depriving or sacrificing a bit because I believe some of us are familiar with this kind of fast, you know, growing up as Catholics. I think we're more familiar with abstinence. You're familiar with like Friday, you eat mongo and uh, galunggong and the mongo has crushed chicharron, di ba? That's not fasting, it's called abstinence. But when you fast, you really take away food for that day so that you can spend time in the Word and you can actually pray. And we're going to call a corporate fast. In fact, in Joel chapter 1, verse 14, it says, Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Summon the elders and all who live in the land. In fact, this particular statement just says, 
to everybody. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, you are included. So it's everybody. God's calling us. It's a corporate fast. Not only the elders, not only the pastors, not only the staff, but all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. And this was a time uh, when the Israelites were crying out for favor for their nation because they were overtaken by the enemies and so many plagues you know, happened in their nation and so many calamities happened in their nation. How many of you know that so many calamities also happened in our nation the past year? And so we're calling this fast as well to humble ourselves before the Lord. And we're asking the Lord, Lord, if there's anything that we need to change as a people, work in our hearts. And we're crying out for your favor. And this is the promise of God. In Joel chapter 2, verse 18, Then the Lord will be jealous for His land and take pity on His people. In verse 19, The Lord will reply to them, I am sending you grain, new wine and oil, Enough to satisfy you fully. Never again. Everybody say, never again. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations and so on and so forth. And he declared a blessing upon that land. And I believe that, you know, when we fast, when we humble ourselves before the Lord, God moves also in a corporate way in blessing not only our church, but this nation as well. And that's the agenda of our, you know, different nights of prayer and fasting. So this is my main point as, as we come to a close. Love God. Everybody say, love God. Love. Know God. How do we start this year, 2014? Very simple. May this be a peg in our life. As you start your day, pray to the Lord. Lord, I declare today that I'm going to love you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my heart, with all of my strength. And you may ask, what about my neighbor? The second command is actually like the first one. Love your neighbor. Ask yourself. And as you love God more, we want to know Him more. And as you know God more, the more we love Him back. Amen. We hope you were inspired by that message. If you want to know more about how to live a victorious life in Christ, send us a message in our website at www.victoryalabang.org or in our Facebook page at facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Be blessed and stay connected.